Join Ian Garvey as we uncover the hidden marketing stories that shape our world. Reveal the latest marketing tactics that will shape your future and the amazing people that grow organizations, movements, and businesses. Learn to grow your business and shape the world around you. Welcome to the Garlic Marketing Show with Ian Garlic. And yes, it's Ian, not Ian. That's marketing too. Welcome to the Garlic Marketing Show. Ian Garlic here. And today we're going to talk about email marketing for e-commerce, some of the techniques, some of the latest tips. I'd like to bring, I think this is a huge, huge subject that's underused by everyone. And even if you're not in e-commerce, you can learn some stuff here. Before we get started, don't forget this is brought to you by storycruise.com, the ultimate resource for finding video experts for your business, local video experts around the world. But it, one of the fastest ways to grow your business with video is video case stories, not testimonials. To learn how to 4X your current campaigns and learn why you should never use video testimonials, just go to storycruise.com slash case story. There's a whole bunch of resources there for getting started and of ultra fast, ultra quick get started button that you can get them done in as long as, as short as a few weeks. And that's easy for me to say. All right, Mr. Dean Dutro from Worth E-Commerce. Thank you very much for being on. Appreciate you having me. I'm excited, excited to yeah. connect. Yeah, I'm excited to talk to you. I mean, you've been doing some big, big stuff. Um, we'll talk a little bit about Worth E-Commerce because obviously I, I think you have an interesting story and we just talked about it beforehand. We're going to talk about it again. And then we're going to talk about what's working in a variety of industries, including CBD, which I know is a hot topic right now. But tell me, let's go into your story real quick, because I think it's, it's a great story of dip and then success. You know, my, my sort of entrepreneurial journey started with my best friend from col uh, college, actually. He's my roommate as well. Uh, we had graduated college and a couple of years later, he had been doing this like digital nomad thing where he was a UX designer for various companies like Estee Lauder and the Marriott and vodka or absolute vodka and things like that. And he approached me one winter. He's like, Hey man, I know you're doing sales. I really want to grow this business. Do you want to like travel the world with me and make a bunch of money and like live on beaches and stuff? And at the time I was like living in Portland. I was like, yeah, that sounds good. And the job I had I actually loved. So it was, it was pretty hard to leave. It wasn't like, I hate my job and I want to leave. I was working as an aviation sales, staffing sales, and was traveling all over the country on airplanes, like testing out other airplanes and trying to sell staffing services and meeting like at military bases and in the middle, like just like random places that like people <laughs> have never heard of. And uh, so it was actually kind of tough, but I thought I could use those sales skills and apply it to his business and learn. And we did just that. We, we went to Europe, we went to Asia, spent some time in Australia, went to Mexico and did that digital nomad thing, you know, inspired by Tim Ferriss and, and all those sort of stories you hear and had a blast, but we didn't really succeed, right? We ended up losing a bunch of money. I think I went 40 or 50 grand in debt just through like the traveling and trying new business things and, and not really figuring out our market. And Ended up leaving, uh, leaving Australia, just kind of like with my tail between my legs and ended up moving back in with my parents for, for about four or five months, trying to figure out what I was going to do next and not really wanting to get a job. So I had gotten lucky because a couple of our clients were in e-commerce and e-commerce was starting to take off. I think this is in 2016 or 17. One of them was uh, Koala Mattresses, which is like the Casper of Australia. They approached us. They were, we're still doing some UX design. They're like, hey, could you do our email marketing? I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll do that. 
And they're like, okay, what's it cost? So we like put together a proposal, I had no idea and upsold them. And then that week I learned email marketing. I basically Frankensteined as many strategies as I could. I tried searching for courses. There weren't any at the time. All of it was like HubSpot. You know, you could like everything, like <laughs> HubSpot owned the SEO market for email for some reason. And uh, I just scraped together this plan and launched it with them uh, on a platform called Clavio, uh, which is who we still use. And within a couple of weeks, they were seeing a 15% revenue lift and they were doing millions of dollars in revenue already. And I was like, wow, this, this works. And I was like, and it wasn't that hard. It was hard to implement and learn it all, but it wasn't like actually that hard. And so we continued to work with them, grew their revenue. And I decided at that point, like, Hey, I'm not going to do UX design. I'm going to go all in on email. And uh, I created a bunch of freelance profiles, start by myself, doing all the copy, all the design, all the strategy. I was charging like 500 bucks a month at the time. And, uh, you know, I was making okay money, but decided to hire a team of about three of us. And one of the things I think is important is when we first started in business, there was no mission. There was no path. It was mm. kind of selfish all for us. This time around, I actually learned through some business mentors through actually, and through J Jason Swank was like, Hey, you gotta have a mission. You gotta have values. You gotta figure out what your driving force is. And for me, I, I come from a small business background. My parents were entrepreneurs. My grandparents were entrepreneurs and small business owners. And uh, for me, it was like, I could see this working for other businesses and leveraging this, this platform, this email system to help them generate profit, help them grow, help them uh, create something that lasts. And that became sort of one of the driving forces for me and to build a local community. Uh, traveling was great, but there was no community. It, it kind of was, was rough. And I went back to Oregon with the idea of, I want to build up the local community, employ people. And, you know, now we're, we started with three, now we're about 50 employees here and continue to grow, just focused on email and SMS. And now what we call, call owned marketing. It, oh, cool. And the, I mean, I want to ask you about owned marketing because I think that's important. But, you know, you talk about community, you know, why do you feel that was so important to your growth? I think that for me, you know, there's a couple of reasons. One is, you know, while I was traveling, I, I had a great time, but I felt lone, lonely, you know, just personally. And to me, community has always been big in my life. When I looked back at like my high points in life, it's always been around some sort of community, whether it was helping with like the local organizations or being in, in college on different uh, forums and things like that. That was important to me personally. And the other piece is that when you have a vision and mission, you attract the best talent and you attract people that are loyal and want to stay. And, you know, I got lucky that most of our employees are, are in Oregon um, and we, we don't outsource that much work. And people have stayed with us since the beginning are one of the things I'm most proud of is our employee churn is very, very low. Um, I think we've had two people leave, you know, in four years uh, of being in business. Uh, and so I think that driving force, you know, is, is also something that helps leverage loyalty. Nice. And how do you feel, I mean, that loyalty is obviously important, but I, I know there's a lot of agencies out there like you, like you started that work just with contractors. Yeah. Um, and, and since you've seen both sides of it, and how do you feel that changes the work that the work product that you have as an agency? Yeah. So there, there's, that's a, that's a great question. Since I was a contractor for, for a while, you know, I, I feel like I have some insight into the different mentalities and mindsets of how an employee versus a contractor work, but ultimately 
like most people want to grow. Most people want to get better at their skill sets. Most people, you know, want to be good at their skill sets. And the, the biggest difference I find between freelancers and sort of employees is freelancers take a lot more risk and they, they are often going for the highest dollar, which is not a bad thing at all. In fact, it makes them a lot more reliable in some respects. So I'm not against hiring one or the other. What I'm for is figuring out when it makes sense to do one or the other, right? So what I found is I made the mistake of growing mainly employees, but then when we would lose clients, I'm still having to cover payroll. Whereas if you have contractors and you lose clients, you're not paying more, right? It's a kind of like, it's a wash. So that's something I learned, especially at scale. Once we're at like 30 or 40 employees, you know, any sort of client churn is a really heavy hit to your monthly payroll. Uh, but if you have contractors where it can kind of bridge those gaps, especially those learning gaps, when you're scaling up and you have to train a lot of new people, contractors come in, know what they're doing, can get started right away. They're more expensive, uh, but they don't cost you anything when you lose uh, some clients. Nice. So, um, I mean, and you're mainly employees now, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's mainly employees. And then we've got a really good contractor pool for those sort of, again, growth stages uh, or those uh, kind of churn events that happen every once in a while. That's great. I mean, I think that's a, a great blend, uh, it, you know, because it, yeah, that's the thing with agency life, right? It's like, cause it's like big, fast growth and then nothing for a little bit. And, yeah. uh, oh, and it's going to happen. That churn's going to happen, but you have to be able to do it. And I think that's fantastic. You're doing that. So, um, you know, now let's talk a little bit. I want to get into some of those email marketing techniques that we talked about at the beginning, but how are you staying on top of the best email marketing techniques? How are you making sure that you're constantly pushing that envelope both for yourself and for your team? Yeah. You know, that's, that's a good question. And we, we have a strategy team of three people dedicated to just learning what's new, learning what's going on, and they will disseminate knowledge to people. But one of the other values that we look for in employees is a sense of ownership and entrepreneurship, right? So we've got one guy on the team, Chris, who's a project manager. He will pose questions. He'll see a new software, right? Through Shopify or through some other program. He'd be like, hey, could we use this for our clients? And then we're always like, yeah, like let's, let's figure out something and try it. And so it, it's a combination of top-down knowledge and bottom-up right? Because I can't know everything. I can't know all the new apps. I'm, I'm busy growing the business. I, I kind of describe myself. I'm not like, I used to be an email marketer and now I'm running a business, mm -hmm. right? And I, I feel like a lot of agencies go through that where they're the expert and now they're trying to run a business. And so my strategy team, they're better at me, right? At email marketing right now. They know all the things, they know the best platforms, the best strategies. They're doing the data crunching and they, they can tell you a lot more about it than I can now, which is, which is good in my opinion. That's amazing. Yeah. And that's the way it should be. Right. I yeah. mean, it, it, like you think about Steve Jobs was neither the best programmer nor the best designer nor the best hardware developer. He was the best leader. And I think that, that means a lot for your clients. And then so let's shift then into what strategies are working. You talked a little bit about owned marketing. Tell me a little bit about what that means and and what strategies are really working for you right now. Yeah. And also, I don't think I, I, don't think I can compare myself to Steve Jobs, but uh, that's nice. Uh, <laughs> That is a good way to think about it. So owned marketing, I didn't coin the term. Uh, I would say Clavio probably coined the term mm -hmm. and they're, they're sort of pioneering it and we're riding that wave is this idea of like in the digital space, in the online world, what are the actual assets that you control, right? Your email list. That's the biggest mm -hmm. asset that you control. If you talk to any entrepreneur who's been in business for 20 plus years, they're going to tell you that their email list was their driving force for a long, long time. And it's the oldest form of digital marketing. 
uh, which is kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. um, your own content, your own sort of blog posts, your podcast, your anything that you sort of own, right? Uh, uh, phone numbers, SMS marketing, which is becoming really easy now, uh, is something that you own. What you don't own are Facebook, Instagram, uh, I would say YouTube, any sort of platform where you're using someone else's channel. And the reason why it's so important is you know, how many horror stories have you heard of Google changing their SEO algorithm and then clients being wiped out, you know, yep. their visitors just being lost or Facebook banning certain things from being advertised or, you know, when 20 uh, last March and April, they just paused random accounts, you know, and people couldn't advertise anymore. That was their main revenue source. That happened to me and, and many of my clients back before a lot of changes happened. When they happened, email became the bridge of cash flow, right? To be able to find other ways of growing their, their revenue. But then when times are good, it becomes a profit well, right? It becomes something that decreases customer acquisition costs and increases customer lifetime value, right? So it's it's kind of a this massive lever to, to grow your business's profitability. So oftentimes clients will have the same revenue, but they'll be more profitable, right? Which is kind of interesting to think about. Nice. And you talked a little, I mean, own marketing, God. You know, it's funny you say that because it's so scary to me. We did only, we did mainly SEO for a long time, you know, video SEO and getting on there. It's like, you get clients to number one and you just never knew because Google for a while there, it was just like massive SEO changes. So it's like, you didn't know if you're going to wake up the next day and everything was going to be gone and not know why. It's a scary, scary feeling. And, you know, luckily we never had any problems with it, but we'd get clients calling us, you know, prospects calling us up all the time. Be like, my business is gone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I laugh about it, but it's it's a horrible thing, but the, it's it's a scary thing. And I think... It's funny you say that because it's so many businesses that I encounter don't do any email marketing are so scared of it or, you know, and don't collect emails and don't stay in touch with them. And I just don't get it. And what, I mean, do you see that a lot still in e-commerce companies? I, I see that uh, now, you know, four years ago, no one, like everyone was like, I don't want to put a pop-up on my website. I don't want to bother people. I don't want to hurt conversions. Uh, so that was sort of an objection before. Now there's been so much talk about the value of it that it's, I don't have to sell it anymore, right? Because it's it's there, you know, the average return is like 42 bucks for every dollar you spend, like on average across industry, not just e-commerce. But a lot of people are doing it bad. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are just sending mass emails, not really segmenting, not really figuring out what their customers want not building a relationship with people in that owned marketing space, which is, I think, why some of the top brands that you see are often pretty good at it, right? And, you know, we talk about strategies and tactics. If, if you want to go there, you know, there's there's a few sort of easy strategies that can be implemented to, to boost your open rates or click-through rates in your your revenue, if, if you want to dive uh, into that. Of here. course. Okay. I, lo I love that stuff. Okay, cool. So a few things. One is that email marketing should not just be blasting, right? It should be set up. You should create automations. The top four performing automations are a welcome series, a new customer series, uh, a browse abandonment or page abandonment series, and obviously card abandonment. Most people know that. And if you Google it, that's the first thing that pops up. One of the other leading sources of revenue is what we call a VIP series. And this is a, a specific flow to your top customers, top 20%, 10% of your customers, where you're using email, you're using SMS, you're using other channels to enhance that relationship further to create what we call backyard marketing, right? So that's that's the the marketing that happens when people are having beers and eating, you know, barbecue in their backyard and they're talking about this brand they just purchased something from. And the idea there, I didn't actually come up with that. I I 
took that from someone. Uh, I can't remember who, but that's not my original idea. I just want to throw that out there. Well, but, I, I, here, most marketing ideas, there's very, there's very yeah. few original ideas. It, it, yeah. It's just, it's, I mean, if we look back a hundred years, yeah, I have Brian Kurtz on all the time and he's amazing. And like, he has the, all these old marketing books and in some way, shape or form, this is all from there. Yeah. So it's all fundamentals. It's fundamentals. Uh, exactly. Yeah. And uh, so, so one of the things you can do is you can, you can send a, a video, right? We'll, we'll, we'll advise our clients. Hey, like send a video thanking your customers for their purchase right? Literally thank them for time they've spent searching, all that stuff, right? Like something like that. Some of the text message. Uh, I even had a, actually one guy I just connected with who I'm going to share this because he shared it with me and I'm going to start sharing with my clients is when clients reach a certain threshold of revenue with him, he'll literally pick up the phone and call them, right? As the founder of the company, if a, if a customer purchases a thousand bucks with a product, he'll, he'll call, he'll send them an email, send them a text and he'll give them a phone call, right? Talk about okay. building loyalty and building relationship. Um, he says he does three or four a week, 15, 20 minutes a day. And what a surprise, right? No one's doing what a, that. What a surprise. And it's, it's insane. And you know, he's a $20 million company under the radar, right? Just doing these things that are, that are growing. And I thought that was killer. Like, why not do that? Right. I, I always thought I was always proud of, yeah, send a video. Now I'm like, Hey guys, we should, we should, you should call them. Like, yes. you know, good strategy outside of email, but you have their phone numbers. Why not? Yeah. I mean, the, on Giants of Video, we, we had um, Joey Coleman on. He talked about that. It's mm. like one of the strategies of just, you know, it's so simple to do, but it, it blows people away. It's like, and the more customized it, it can be, the better it is. I love the video side of it and also the phone calling side of it. It's fantastic. Um, I mean, that's, it's, that's a great thing to do. And what kind of results by doing these things do you see people get? Uh, so we, we see... The biggest metric that we look at is is uh, CLV, customer lifetime value, right? So through email, through SMS, you can dramatically increase the customer lifetime value if you're doing it right. If you're not doing it right, people will leave and they'll be annoyed. Mm -hmm. But it, it's about what's nice with like digital communication is you can connect with the right person at the right time with the right message, right? Like you have that data, you know, when they're purchasing, you know, when they're looking at products, you know, what channels they like to purchase on, et cetera. Another interesting strategy that I think is gonna be used more and more, which actually I used to be 100% against until recently, is driving your email traffic to Amazon when it makes sense, right? Mm. So in my in my field, a lot of people are saying, just build out your Shopify site, like don't get on Amazon anymore. You, you, hear, you hear a lot of that sort of two factions, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if, if you've heard that, I have in the space. Oh yeah. It's like, I mean, I'm either all in on Shopify or all in on Amazon. Yep. Um, sometimes I do both, but it's what, what you can do is you can actually create segments in your software where you can kind of assume if people are purchasing on Amazon or not, right? You can, you can create a, a pass-through data point of a referring domain and you'll find a lot coming from Amazon. So you can assume they're purchasing on Amazon and you can send the same, uh, let's say Black Friday email to some people who come from Amazon, right? Through some assumptions and then also people that are purchasing on your site, you just send them to your site, right? Often Amazon has higher conversion rates, yeah. right? That's a fact. It, it can be 10, 15, 20% compared to your store at two or 3%. Mm -hmm. So are you willing to do the math and figure out maybe Amazon, you know, cost me a little bit more, but I'm getting a lot more conversions. Is that something worth considering? And you have their emails for other launches and things like that. So that's one strategy that I think is very unique and not a lot of people are doing. And I think I, I think that's a strategy, even if you're not in e-commerce, you should realize is that when you send, because I used to be the same way. Like I wrote a book on SEO and I was like, send all your traffic to your, you know, your owned media. 
right? Because you you want to own it, you want to get the rankings, but you want to keep everything yourself. But you know these these websites they reward you when you're sending traffic because they're like, yeah. hey, this this they're sending outside traffic to here. Let's get the boost the ranking. I know it yeah. happens on YouTube a lot, and that you know some oh, things yeah. I tell people to do is like. You know, it, use YouTube and they're like, well, why shouldn't I embed it on my landing page? I'm like, because YouTube's going to see that you are sending traffic mm, and it's going to amplify that. So I think that's a fantastic strategy. And so you were, you were talking about another one, the, the VIP messaging, the Amazon strategy, uh, and then SMS. Gotcha. So SMS is very similar to email in certain ways, in terms of how you set up automations and do campaigns. But as an added layer of sophistication, uh, where if you hire somebody to do customer support for your SMS, you'll find much higher engagement, right? A lot more people asking questions. Uh, and I, and I'm, I, I have the hypothesis that the, the age demographic is actually more baby boomer than it is younger. Uh, because mm. my, this is kind of my thoughts, is my grandparents hate email but they're texting all the time. So I, I find that uh, companies with older demographic, SMS works exceptionally well, but any other company, SMS tends to work really well. Uh, it's just like a, a little something I've noticed could be true, could not be true. I'm sure someone will, will come out with a white paper on it, but you want it to be two-way communication. Uh, mm. If you go to a company like Hydro Flask, uh, which I love, their SMS kind of sucks. They're just sending you sales all the time. Yeah. Um, but if you ask them a question, will they respond? And, and they should prompt that response, right? You should actually ask people to respond to your text messages and have someone in place to answer them that you trust. Um, you, you'll see a lot more people purchasing and you'll see some higher conversion rates. That's super, super smart, super smart. And that's something too that I think any, another, once again, any business can do yeah. because so many people like to text more. And I, you know, I, t I tell people all the time, make your number, your phone number, a textable number and tell them it's yeah. a textable number because people, you know, they, they I don't want to sit around for a chat and like on a website, I'm like, no, I, God. It, you know, it's like, Oh yeah, this chat, you're fourth in line. Or even so it's like, you can tell that they're chatting with other people and there's this delay. And I'm like, I don't have the attention span for this. I mean, yeah. there's kittens and babies I've got to watch. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but you know, I, it, having that text, I think that's a great, great thing to do. So, but when you're, you know, I want to switch it over because you have these techniques. Are these the techniques that you're using for companies like CBD companies? Because I want to talk about CBD companies, not just because of promoting CBD, whatever your thoughts are on it. I know it helps a lot of people out. I want to say because it's very difficult to market it because of all the regulations. It is a very, very difficult, scary thing to market. We've done videos for it. And it's like one of those things that you have to know so many different things. But yeah. I think, you know, email and text are a great way to do it. What are some of the techniques that you're using there, you know, to build lists, to keep a list, to, to engage better? I mean, it's, it's the same fundamentals, right? Uh, the biggest change is where is the traffic coming from? So in the past, you couldn't advertise CBD on Facebook. I'm not sure if you still can or not. But uh, a lot of CBD traffic is probably affiliate marketing, mm -hmm. right? So people sending traffic somehow through SEO to your page may not know you that well. And so you really got to think about brand indoctrination and building trust, right? Uh, so I always advise CBD clients, the first sort of interactions people have with you should be about building trust. Uh, that should be your number one priority, especially in the market where there is a lot of snake oil. But if you have a, a good quality product, like your first three, four emails in your automations should be trust building, uh, whether that's social proof, whether that's uh, awards for quality, uh, whether it's a 
again, a video from the founder talking about like putting himself on the line or herself on the line for the product. Like that, those things are really powerful. In terms of engagement, SMS seems to work really well. And, you know, I, I think the best way, a lot of people say, should I capture an email or a phone number? You should really do both, but prioritize email because SMS is a relatively new industry um, at scale. It's been done in the past, but not like it has this last year. Uh, so, you know, use a program like JustUno uh, where you can capture an email and then the second page can be where you capture a phone number. And then at checkout, you can capture both as well in the US where you should be, you know, it shouldn't change your email capture rates at all. Another another quick strategy, sorry, is uh, we, we, we like to make it so they have to check their email or their phone number in order to get any sort of incentive, mm-hmm. right? So we will almost never put a coupon on site with the theory and really the results that if you can get your first couple of email open rates up uh, in what would be called your welcome flow to 70% because people have to go back and check an email, you may lose some conversions, not a significant amount, but your overall email system will have higher open rates across the board, mm. right? Because Google yeah. is taking that indicator from those emails you're sending that these are, this is a good company. People are opening the emails, right? Like that is a huge strategy uh, to help boost your overall email system. I think this is an important topic. And, you know, I, I'm glad you brought it up because people aren't, don't realize how much Google is clamping down. And oh, yeah. what are you seeing happen there as far as Google and email marketing? Because, I mean, I, I don't know how many people are running on Google, either G Suite or Gmail. It's a big proportion of it. Uh, but what are you seeing as far as email deliverability and, and what ways to boost that when it comes to Google? Yeah. So that, what I just said will help a lot. Google, it, you're, you're almost never going to trick Google into ending, ending up in someone's inbox, <laughs> right? Any, anyone that says that, like I literally send millions of emails a month. Like it, it doesn't work. I, you know, it's funny you say that because I, people would always come to me like, oh, this person has this SEO trick. I'm like, so you're telling me that someone who's going to charge you 500 or a thousand or 10, even $10,000 is smart enough to trick Google, whose one job is this, and they employ 30,000 of the world's smartest people and yeah. use 1% of the world's energy to make sure this one experience is perfect. And this guy's going to get past them? <laughs> like, no. like, like, even the old trick of like, you know, you'd see those emails where it's like, add us to your whitelist so you never miss an email. Like, even if you drag people to your inbox from your promotions tab, you're still going to end up in promotions. Yep. Right. Like people don't realize that. That being said, there are a few other things that will increase overall deliverability, making sure you're, you're sending to an engaged list. Uh, engagement in Google's eyes right now means 120 days between the time someone has been to your site and either opened or clicked an email. After that, basically they'll just automatically send you to trash, which is something that a lot of people don't know is if you go check your trash, you're going to find not your spam, but your trash. You're going to find emails that you never deleted that uh, were sent from companies. You may have joined their email list two years ago or a year ago, text-based emails. You know, you're not, again, you're not going to trick Google that you're going to show up in the inbox, but it it increases the uh, engagement. You'll you'll, you'll often see higher click rates, right? Because images will sometimes be shut off. So we're actually seeing a trend in deliverability where very few images and more text perform better. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we call it a snack bite. It's in a hero image, a little bit of text and a call to action. That's your best shot. There's, there's some more things, but that's, that's one of the easiest ways to increase deliverability is keep it simple. Yes. Keep it simple. 
and 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 valuable, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's another thing people are like, I hear that all the time. Oh, I don't want to bother my customers. I'm like, well, if you're providing value for them, they're going to open your emails. Yeah. But if you're just like, buy now, buy now, buy now, then, then yeah, that's irritating. <laughs> there's, a, there's actually a kind of a viral strategy that uh, we implemented for one of our clients. I actually got from a conference. So again, another marketing strategy that I can't own up to, but it was this uh, quirky company where they sell uh, like golf gear. I won't give the name, but we put a, a secret uh, keg in their email, like a hidden image, essentially a, a hidden link. And if someone found that link, they would get some sort of free gear or gift or a keg sent to them. Right. And uh, that caught on really quick. So we would have these full emails. I think this was during uh, Easter of last year. We did like a keg, like a, some sort of like an Easter keg and hit it inside an email, gamified it. And now every month we'll put the keg in there and the first 10 people to click it will get a free gift. Most people that join the list don't know that right away, but they somehow find it out through a friend that uh, grew their list pretty quick because people were interested in that, that uh, keg gift. I love it. I'm actually going to use that idea. I've had something like that. I'm going to use it and I, if, I'm going to put that on my YouTube channel. So yeah, I'm going to test that out on some videos. Uh, because I, I think that's genius. So, you know, I know I'll value your time. I could talk this all day because I think it's so important and so powerful. And even if you're not in e-commerce, you should be doing this stuff. But if you are in e-commerce and you want help with email marketing, I know Dean's helped a lot of businesses grow. I mean, he told the first story, but tell us a little bit about some of your recent results that you've gotten for companies. So, you know, Black Friday just hit and the holidays just hit. And it was the biggest season ever in, you know, an email history, I would say, in, in e-commerce history. You know, most of our clients were hitting an average of 37% of their total online revenue coming from email. There's, yeah, I mean, there's been a, a ton of growth. Most of our clients, they've grown so much leveraging email that they've hired three or four new people onto their team. So it's not just about like their own personal revenue. It's, it's like adding, you know, people to the e-commerce space. My mission is, is to actually have a thousand e-commerce stores grow a million bucks in revenue each with just the email. That to me equates to like 10 jobs. It's like 10,000 new jobs or a thousand new jobs that are being created in e-commerce. And, you know, for people that weren't there before, we're getting pretty close to that number. That's awesome. So, you know, we've, we're just seeing massive growth. And, and part of that is riding the wave of e-commerce, you know, but when the wave's coming, you got to leverage it. And I think that, you know, for this year, you should really start marketing for the holidays and Black Friday, like now and <laughs> building up your list and getting prepped and having a plan of action. Cause there were too many clients we had to turn away last year because there wasn't anything set, you know, it wasn't the foundations weren't built. Um, yeah. It's yeah. You, you, you don't start marketing for Black Friday on November 1st. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and but a lot of people think that they're like, oh, I need to get Black Friday sale out. You know, it's yeah. Thanksgiving's next week. Yeah. <laughs> um, awesome. So tell us a little bit more about working with you if someone wants to get a hold of you. And also tell us about your podcast before we do that. Tell me about your podcast. Oh, yeah. So we started this podcast last year through uh, Jeremy and, and his team, but it's called the Relationship Commerce Podcast. And it's talking with e-commerce business people and founders about their stories, their struggles, their strategies that are working to scale now. A lot of the twist is on building relationships with their customers. So we have a lot of mission-driven companies, owned marketing companies, tons of advice on 
you know, if you're just starting an e-commerce or if you've got a $10 million brand, like we've got all sorts of people on hundred percent, you know, in the e-commerce space with, with some cool authors and agencies thrown in there as well. Nice. Very, very cool. And, um, and if we, if someone wants to uh, follow you or get a hold of you, what's the best place to connect with you? Yeah, I'm very active on LinkedIn. If you just search Dean Dutro on LinkedIn or, or Worthy Commerce, go to worthycommerce.com. We're doing a website uh, design change, so bear with us. And then I also have an email uh, course if you want to learn email marketing but don't want to hire an agency. It's called emailgrowthtraining.com. Got a ton of members, good results. It's basically what we use for most of our clients, enabled for you to use uh, nice. if you're interested in, in educating yourself. Love it. Love it. Tons of resources. I, and obviously, Dean's a great guy. I love the mission. I think that's so important. You know, when you're choosing an agency to work with or, you know, any company, whether you should be putting your mission out there like Dean is, but also, obviously, if you're looking for e-commerce, make sure to check out Dean. Uh, Dean, thank you so much for being on the Garlic Marketing Show. This has been fantastic. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. It was a blast. And and uh, and uh, Dean, oh, tell us real quick what's behind you. This is cool and what you did there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, this is uh, Crater Lake in Oregon. It's one of the, it might be the deepest lake in the world. And uh, you can see directly to the bottom of it. And there's a little cliff jumping spot where uh, you dive in. It's like you're skydiving into nothingness. It's, it's exhilarating and, and super cold, but uh, it's just a beautiful place to visit, Crater Lake, Oregon. Do you have, and you did that. Do you have video of you doing that? I have a sick picture of me doing it, but no video. Where can we I find that? Can picture. we find that picture anywhere? Uh, I could send it to the mastermind. Uh, I could post yeah, send it, it to me. Send it to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. we'll, we'll post it and, uh, cause I, I, I want to post it. So if you're watching, this is a little, little bonus for you. Uh, but Dean, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. This is fun. Um, Absolutely. and thank you all for listening to Dean and I make sure to check out worth e-commerce and this has been iron garlic and the garlic marketing show video. You know, it'll make you an authority. You know, it will get you more leads, better leads that close faster and spend more with you. And video stories will help you be remembered and connect with those perfect clients. The problem is, where do you start? Storycruise.com is the place to go. It's like a film crew with an S. What's your strategy? Do you do it yourself? Do you hire a videographer, an agency? Do you need an editor? How do you know if they really know your business and how to make videos for business that work? The answer to all of this and more can be found at storycruise.com. It is the place to find the latest video marketing strategies, the best gear for your business, as well as videographers, editors, and agencies near you that are trained in video storytelling for business. Go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get special insider info for listeners of the Garlic Marketing Show including special access to several of my courses, including my case story course. Go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get a whole bunch of special offers just for listeners of the Garlic Marketing Show. Whether you're looking for a videographer or to do it yourself, go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get started today. That's it for the Garlic Marketing Show. If you want to get the inside scoop and the latest techniques, make sure to follow Ian Garlic on Facebook.